may be seated. You know that fascia really looks good. From certain areas, you can see it from a long way off. <laughs> so, uh, and somebody said, "Well, it's a little, it's a little bigger. It is. It is a little bit bigger. I know it's uh, three. It's three feet wide. I know that. I had it down here on the ground. I could." Look, look and see what it was made of, but it's it's really nice, and I'm glad to see it up there. And it's got the red light blinking on the top of it, like it, we had one on that other, but it quit working years ago. <laughs> but uh, this is supposed to last for a long time, and we're glad for it. Amen. You know. Uh, Many times, many people, now I realize that most all of us here tonight, we know some of this, but I'm going to remind you about, of it anyway. Peter said he's going to keep reminding his constituents of it as long as he was alive. You can read it there. Peter said that. And knowing what belongs to you. You know, uh, the story is told by a pastor, and this happened years ago in Glad. Glasgow, Scotland, uh, a woman in his congregation, you know, in the church was in financial difficulty behind on her rent. So they, the pastor, they just took up a little collection. So he went to deliver it and he knocked on the door and knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked and nobody came. Finally, he just left. The next day he saw her out at, uh, on the street and she and he said hello and he said I stopped by your house yesterday I was disappointed there was no answer the woman said oh I thought it was the landlord and I was afraid to open the door <laughs> you know the riches of God have been made available through Christ to all of us but sometimes people know what belongs to them as children of God but they do not appropriate them for themselves it's one thing to know about something, another thing to appropriate it. And then there's some people that really, they haven't studied the word and they haven't said under anybody. And so they, they don't know. Ephesians 1, 3 says, blessed be the God, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, my dad says in his, in his book, knowing what belongs to us, he says, the church must realize that God has blessed us with all these blessings. They are, and there aren't any more, and all means all. And he, he went on to say that everything that God has promised came because of Jesus Christ, and we're in Christ, and everything that he purchased for us belongs to us, and is in, he intends for us to enjoy it. You know, as parents, you get something for your children and you intend, it, it's, for, it, it's there for them to enjoy. And whether they do or not is another, another subject. You know, if, if we would just become cognizant of the fact that all of these blessings are ours, and go and appropriate them for ourselves. 
Actually, to know all of this, you've got to renew your mind with the word of God. Colossians 1.14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Through his redemptive act on Calvary, we're not trying to get anything it's already been got for us. All we have to do is accept it and appropriate it for ourselves. One of the number one things, and I've heard my dad say this many, many, many times, one of the number one things that hinders people from receiving what they should from the Lord is lack of knowledge. They just are not knowledgeable. And the reason is, and I'm just going to say this on my own is that they're too lazy to get in the word of God and study it and find out all of it. Amen. Come on now. You would be surprised if you would take a poll of how many people read more than one or two verses every day. Some people get up in the morning, they grab one verse and they read it, and that's all they read all day long. I know when I was growing up and in the church, everybody had a precious promise box. Anybody know what that is? And you just pull it out. Of, you, it's, it's a bunch of them, and you just pull one out every day and read it and put it back in there. And that was that's the extent of some people reading the Word of God. You don't learn a lot and get a lot of knowledge on what God has really prepared for you just reading that. I know some people that uh, they, they, oh, I read a chapter today. And I said, what'd you read? Well, I, I, did, I, just, I just read a chapter in the Psalms. Or if it's a long Psalm, I may take two or three days to read it. And that's what they read. Well, the Psalms is good and you can get some good information there. But if you want to find out what Jesus Christ purchased for you and becoming the know in it, you've got to read the, the epistles. Starting in Romans through Jude. Read those. Okay? You know, knowledge. We're talking about lack of knowledge. And I've told this story before, but I'll use it again. Uh, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon he went to visit a lady that was uh, in, lived in a rundown shack, and she was very didn't have much, didn't have much to eat, and she was very sort of sickly. And so, as he was visiting her, he noticed something hanging on the wall. He went over and began to read it, and he wanted to take it. And uh, she was very, oh no! Uh, and, but he finally persuaded her because the the person that she had worked for as very well-to-do person uh, had given her that and she that was the only thing she had and but come to find out it was a, 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 a deed to a mansion and money and everything else here she was living in a shack she had it there but she didn't know what it was she didn't have the knowledge of it you know, some, sometimes people say ignorance is bliss. Well, what you don't know 
in the word of God will keep you in bondage and lack if you don't know what's in the word of God. So ignorance is not good there. <laughs> I don't know whether that's true or not. I just heard that. How many of you have heard that? Well, several of you have. Well, the rest of you have heard it now. So if somebody asks you, you've heard it. <laughs> you know, when we know what belongs to us, then we can do something about it. If you don't know it belongs to you, you can't, you can't, you can't appropriate it for yourself. So we get in the word, find out what belongs to you because you have become a new person in Christ Jesus. This actually just some, I'm, I started teaching redemptive realities in school this term. And it's one of the things I like to teach most. And that's where we find out what we have in Christ and know because we're in Christ, we have all of these blessings from God. You know, sometimes some people try to say, well, now, wait a minute. God is sovereign. You, you don't really know he's sovereign and he'll give to you what he wants to you to have. Well, that's not true. Because in the word of God, he has already said that through Christ's redemptive work, every promise was ours. We used to sing a book, sing a little song, say every promise in the book is mine. Every jot, every tittle, something or another. My wife's not here, so she's the one that knows all the songs. But I remember, that's the, I, I, that's the first part of it anyway. You know, 2 Corinthians 1.20, and we all know this, for all, all, A-L-L, all the promises of God in him are yes, in him means in Christ, are yes, and in him, amen, amen, or so be it, to the glory of God through us. The message says, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with yes of Jesus. The New International says, for no matter how many problems, I mean, how many promises God has made, they are yes. So that means whenever, before you ever go to appropriate the promises that are here in the word of God, it's already been stamped yes. Whatever God has promised us in this word, the Bible, belongs to us. Now, everybody, you know, people in days gone by, they would sing when we all get to heaven. That's great. They would sing about, and they'd preach about going to heaven and how great it was going to be and so forth and so on. Well, that's well and good. But let me, let me use a little story here to help us see something. A wealthy man called his faithful assistant into his office and said, I have just didn't done my will and I have, I have given you $10,000. Now this was uh, this was a long time ago, so that was a lot of money in that day. To nowadays it's not, but back then it was. When I die. And it may be some time before I pass. So each year 
I am going to pay the legal interest on that amount. And here's a check with the first 600 as a starter. Well, the clerk was, he was really doubly <laughs> thankful for the prospect of the inheritance, but for that that he was going to receive in, in, in advance before he got the inheritance. Well, you know, that's what, that, that's, that's what God has done for us. Yes, we got heaven and all the great things, all that. But you know what? That, that's our inheritance. That's what comes later. But while we're on our way to heaven, he's given us some heaven to go to heaven in. And he tells us about it right here in, his, in the word of God. You know, some people say, talk about in the sweet by and by. Well, thank God for the sweet by and by. Thank God for when we all get to heaven. But I'll tell you what, I'm down here now and I, I need some things now. And the word of God tells me that I can have those things that I need to, so I can have a good life down here. You know, I had the privilege of growing up in a house of a man that he, he believed what the word of God said and he lived in line with the word of God. And if you ask him, you've heard me say it many times, but if you ask him, he'll say, well, when I go to him, I said, what about this? And what about that? He said, son, what does the word say? What does the word say? Or when we're in, when we were in a crisis, I mean, I'm 16, 17 now, you know, we're in a crisis, financial crisis or whatever. And I'd go to him and, and say, man, dad, we're, we, we, we're up against it. He'd say, son, just another opportunity to prove God's word works. You see, when you really get to know the promises of God and what they're telling you and what you have, you don't get you don't get upset or discouraged just because there's a few uh, bumps in the road. Make them make them make them climbing stones rather than a stumbling stone. Make it a climbing stone. Just step on top of it and keep on going. Okay, you know Christ hung on the cross so we could have all of this stuff. Now let me ask you a question: You ever gotten a anything in the mail that, and it, it said you are pre-qualified for this or that. Anybody ever done that? All you have to do is call this number. Hello. Well, you know what? When Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's hill, we become, and we become born again. We're pre-qualified for all of these promises. You don't... You know, somebody said, you know, you're qualified by being born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it, I'm qualified for every promise in the book. Hallelujah. Did you say that because I told you to or did you really mean it? You know, he's written this down to let us know what we're pre-qualified for. You know, somebody can tell you you're qualified for something, but if you don't know what it is, it's not doing you, doing you any good. <laughs> you know, when you know these things that belong to you, you know, I, I, this is probably going to be pretty short tonight, but when you know these things that belong to you, you, 
you don't see, well, I'm going to put it this way. I don't let stuff bother me. I don't care what somebody says or don't say. I don't care what somebody says about me. That's their problem, not mine. But you know, some people get all down. But the word of God tells us that we, who we are in Christ and we need to know who we are and what we stand, who, you know, people say, well, I don't like your preacher. I've had them do it right to my face. And I just tell them that's their problem, not mine. See, you, when you get to know who you are in Christ, stuff don't bother you. You got to realize this. When you're in Christ, the enemy hates you and he's going to do everything he can to get you out of receiving any promise that God has for you. You know, we have to realize that the word of God says in Romans 10, 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart, and that is the word of faith which we preach. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It says here in verse 8, to possess what belongs to us, what's ours, first of all, we have to get the word in. And then we got to get the word out. The word comes into our heart or into our inner man. When the heart's there, heart there means the spirit of man on the inside. And then the word comes out of our mouth. Hello. That's the way you possess the promises. You just have to know what the word says and then you have to say what it says. Come on now. Believing and speaking. That's knowing what belongs to you then believing and speaking. Knowing what's yours, then believing that and speaking it. Now somebody said, well, that's too simple. Well, that's the way God made it. I didn't make it. That's what the Bible said. I didn't didn't make that up. You know, isn't it strange sometimes how people want to make something difficult out of something that's really simple? I don't know whether you ever run into anybody like that or not. And I've noticed sometimes that in people dealing with the word of God, they try to make it more complicated than it really is. You know, they try to think, say, well, now, what what is God really saying here? You know, that's what people do. I'm teaching classes now and you you give a a true false test and you read that and and you'll see you'll see them sit there and they they're they're wondering well what does he mean by that now you know hello the statement's either true or false period you don't don't read nothing into it don't read nothing out of it just read it and what it says that's what it is if it says an apple can be red or green. 
True or false? Well, now, what's the catch here? Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Do you realize that's the way some people read the Word of God? As they read the Word, they say, oh, now, this couldn't be true. There's got to be, some, something's not right here. What, what are, you know, how, how many know what I'm talking about? Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna get real down in your business, right? How many of you have ever done that? <laughs> if we're honest, all of us probably have. But then, but most of the time we do that before we really understand the the Word of God. Once we begin to understand it, then we back off from that. No, no, hey, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Hello. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do something that's really sort of funny. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't make this up. I got it from somewhere. I don't know even where it came from. And it's not only, it's just now about 10 minutes to eight and I'm almost done. What do you know about that? That's unusual, isn't it? <laughs> All right. I am going, I, I got this somewhere and I don't even know where I got it, but it, it's not mine, but I, I am going to take the alphabet and through the alphabet, I'm going to show us who we are in Christ and what belongs to us. All right. First of all, it's A, right? Ephesians 1, 6, I'm accepted by God. B, Ephesians 1, 3, I have spiritual blessings from God. Hello. C, Ephesians 1, 4, I'm chosen by God. I found, oh, you may not think this is very interesting, but I found this to sort of be interesting, so I just put it together here. <laughs> D, Colossians 1, 3 says, I'm delivered from Satan's kingdom. E, 1 Corinthians 1, 5 says, I'm enriched in everything. What's next? Colossians 1, 14 says, I have forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. G, Romans 3.24, I have the grace of God through Jesus Christ. You know, H, I guarantee you already know that one. That's easy. 1 Peter 2.24, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I don't know whether y'all, whether this is interesting to you or not, but this was sort of, I sort of, I sort of thought it was neat. And I thought maybe you might, have, and it sort of went along with what I'm talking about. All right, where are we at? I, Ephesians 1.11 says, I have an inheritance through Christ. Yes. Amen. J, 1 Corinthians 6.17, I'm joined unto the Lord. Yes. K, 1 Peter 1.5 says, I'm kept by the power of God. Yes. L, Where are we going with that one? Anybody know? John three sixteen, 
I'm loved unconditionally by God. Okay, M. I bet you can get that one. 11.23, mountain moving faith. N. 2 Corinthians 5.17, new person in Christ. Hello. 1 John 5.4, oh, I am an overcomer. Q, Colossians 1.12, I am qualified to be an heir of God. R, Galatians 3.13, I'm redeemed. S. Hebrews 7.25. I'm saved. T. 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 2.14. I always triumphed in Christ. Triumph. You. Romans 6.5. I'm united together with Christ. V, that's right, victory. 2 Corinthians 15, 57, I'm always victorious in Christ. W, Revelations 1, 5, I'm washed by the blood of the lamb. X, 2 Peter 1, 4, I have exactly what God's great promises says I have. Why? Matthew eleven twenty nine. I'm yoked with Jesus. Z Titus two fourteen. I'm zealous of good works. <laughs> I thought that was sort of interesting. But there's twenty six words that tell us a whole lot about who we are and what we have in Christ just for those 26 words. See, we need to get a hold of all the truths from the word of God and get us, get them in us so that they can come out of our mouth declaring who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ and what we can do because we're in Christ. Those are three important things that you, ha- you, you learn if you study the Pauline epistles. And that was, that was his, ma- that's his main theme. In his epistles, as you write, you see his main theme is who we are in Christ. Anybody ever notice that? Yes, sir. You know, <laughs> let these, let these, <laughs> 26 words that I just talked to you about. Let them sort of be a part of your daily life. Grab a hold of one of them every day and confess. We, we all should be confessing every day. I'm the righteous of God in Christ. And because I'm in Christ, all the promises of God are mine. You know, find out what belongs to you and then possess it. You know, it's one thing to know that you have something. It's another thing to possess it. When I was 
going to school there, first, second, third grade there in Van. Dad was pastor at Van, Texas. And our church was here, our portion right beside of it. And right up the road was Mr. Thompson. Now, Mr. Thompson, my dad, a lot of y'all don't know this, but he, he would... Back in painting, papering, and papering back in that day was a different than it is today. Most of the most of the houses had wood, and you put this—I uh, forgot what you call that—that that, uh, it was anyway. It was a, a, a like a, a sheet of of, of of anyway, like like a cloth, and then you put you'd rub that with with paste and then you put the wallpaper up on it i helped him do that he 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 did that one day he was getting extra money so that we would have money for christmas and uh, i helped him paint and paper mr thompson's house so we went to uh he went to pay us and so he said well let me see here and he opened his desk drawer and he had about 20 are 25 different checkbooks. And I'd see him walk into town. And I'd see him, he, he had a garden out there and he would plow it with, with a hand plow with a mule. And so I asked dad about it. I'm in the third grade, second grade, I think. Maybe I was in the second grade. Maybe it's in the third. Maybe it was just... Christmas before my third grade. I said, well, dad, he walks everywhere he goes and he plows that with a mule. I said, I, when we come in, I see a tractor sitting there and I see he's got a, he's got a brand new Chevrolet car in the garage, right there in the garage. My dad said, yeah. I said, the man is a millionaire. He owns, I don't know how many oil wells he owned down there. He had them but he wasn't appropriating them or using them. He did, he, he did it the hard way when he could do it the easy way. How many understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is the word of God is full of all of these promises and you carry them around. In your, you're carrying your Bible around and you're carrying all these promises with you all the time. Sort of like Mr. Thompson. He had a, he had a tractor he had a car, but he never used it. You have it, but if you don't appropriate it and use it, it'll never do you any good. Heavenly Father, try to remind these people once again tonight of what we have because of what Jesus did for us on Calvary. Father, I thank you that each of us will continue to remind ourselves and to appropriate every promise for ourselves. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. If you need prayer for anything tonight, salvation, Holy Spirit, you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, come to, everybody stand, come to the front right now. They'll pray with you. Remember Sunday morning right here, nine, nine o'clock school of the Bible, 10 o'clock morning worship service. What did you learn tonight? I am glad that y'all learned that. I don't, I could not hear. I heard everybody saying what you learned and I like that. You know, this is 
teaching lesson. And so when, some, when somebody teaches something, you're supposed to learn something. Even if it's what not to do. <laughs> I tell my class, I tell some of my pastor's class that in my evangelist class, I tell them, I say, watch other people and learn something from them, even if it's not what not to do. <laughs> I learned one thing that I don't do that my dad did, and I still don't know how he did it. He would get his feet so far over. I don't know how he didn't fall off the platform. I've known people that have tried to imitate that and have fallen. Shake hand with somebody and say, I know what I have in Christ. How about you? You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday. God bless.